Okay, hey, uh, what's up? Uh, so, to give you a little warning, uh, my kids are asleep right now, so this episode's gonna be a little bit more chill and quiet. Enjoy the, uh, the more tame version of, uh, of me while we, uh, get through this, uh, little bit of work we're gonna do together today, and, uh, yeah... So I saw this meme earlier. Ah, dude. It's not even a meme, to be honest. It's like a legit news article. (laughs) Am I really that guy right now? Like, I saw it on a meme, so it must be true. (laughs) Hold up. Now I'm all jittery. I need a shower. (laughs) Nah. But I do need to, to, like, fact check myself real quick. Hold on. Okay. So it's like a legit... It is actually a legit news story. Um, originally it gained legs from, uh, a tweet by The Age, which is, I guess, like a blog company. I don't know what you would call them. And, uh, I think that's where the article, like, comes from, too. I don't know. Anyways, basically a CEO named David Morgan, who worked for Westpac, said that CEOs are ridiculously overpaid. But because they experience a lot of pressure in the workplace, it causes some of them to literally weep in private. (laughs) And that thing uh, that got like it turned into a meme or whatever, it was this uh, Twitter user or like, you know, Internet influencer. I don't know. And that that person's name is Frankie Zelnick. And he tweets, um, raise your hand if you've literally wept from stress at a job that paid you less than 40 grand a year. <laughs> and then there's like that uh, little emoji with a hand up, you know, right there. <laughs> oh, seriously, man. Who is it that said uh, that uh, being in charge of a corporation or to like be a CEO, you, you had to be a sociopath? Somebody said that. Or is it just like on Mindhunter? God, I watch a lot of Mindhunter. <laughs> oh, Did this David Morgan guy really think that, like, he was going to get pity from us, you know, the serfs? (laughs) Oh, like, like we're supposed to feel bad that this guy's rich friends cry sometimes? No, man. Fuck you. I've cried at work, after work, before work, and I make fucking nothing, dude. Like, I get by, I guess. You know, I get my family by. I guess that's what's important, right? But it's hard work, dude. I'm fucking tired every day. Shit. I work today. I work today and I'm recording a podcast at night. Like, fuck you, dude. You fucking... My car is falling apart. Like, you drive home in a fucking Lamborghini. I don't know what people drive who are richer than me. All I know is that I fucking drive a piece of shit. Because that's what I am. You know, I mean, financially, I'm a piece of shit. I don't know. Anyways, so I guess that's what this episode is about. The grind. It's like about, you know, like uh, the nine to five, which, by the way, I've never done. (laughs) Screw it. I'm just going to call this episode work, and uh, hopefully it makes sense. Uh, You know, I just got a lot of stuff to to vent about it. So thank you for uh, joining me, and uh, maybe we'll learn something about each other. This is Cheaper Than Therapy, and thank you so much for tuning in. That sounded fake. Ugh. So, uh, you know, what do you do? You, right? Like, that's something you say to people. Like, for money, right? Like, that's basically what you're saying to people. So, so what do you do? No, you're just being like, so how do you make money? You know? 
for something we so much long for only to give it away once we get it that's money right like we we like everybody wants to be rich but then i mean as soon as i have money i give it away i just give it away for shit i i trade shit that's i i trade it so i sell we sell our lives per the hour for food which we then turn into literal shit so we really are trading it for shit we trade money for literal shit you know, we trade this thing that we spent so much time making for like basically a dry, warm place to sleep at night. We trade it for uh, uh, substances, like why we like <laughs> we trade what we make it for, for like booze and alcohol to forget why we made that money in the first place because work is so stressful. It's like some kind of fucked up cycle. What the hell is wrong with us? Okay, but I'm not saying that socialism is a good idea. Maybe it's a good concept, you know, but in concept. But God damn it. We're, I feel like we're, we're, we're in like this hamster wheel that's being powered by our own need to make paper. It's not even paper anymore. It's, it's just some number in a computer now with like imaginary value. Like we're so far displaced from it or, or, or like what it really means. What does it really mean? What is the worth of a dollar? Why is one hour of my life worth the minimum legal wage that an employer can pay me? Why the fuck do I say that's okay? And you know what? As a waiter, because I serve tables for mostly a living. Yeah, I act, but I really just fucking serve eggs for a living right now i am paid even less than minimum because you know i make tip even though i'm paid less than minimum i am expected to perform at maximum i've come to the realization recently that it ain't normal to pull double shifts. My whole adult life, I've had at least one job at a time where I pull these double shifts. This is normal in the restaurant industry, by the way. You know, you, sh you show up, you serve lunch, then you stay, serve dinner, and then you're there until the restaurant closes. I mean, it's not a double in the way that it's like two back-to-back eight-hour shifts, right? But it's still about 12 hours of work, normally with no break. And I know that if I don't get these shifts, I will struggle even harder than I do to make ends meet. And that's for my family I do that. And don't even get me started on weekends, okay? You know, like, what the fuck is a weekend? I have no idea. If I'm lucky, I get two days off in a row. And most of the time, it's a godforsaken Tuesday. Literally, tomorrow. Like, I'm recording this on a Monday night. This was my Friday. So, funny that I got to that point. <sighs> and you know what I do? I tire myself out. I wear myself thin. And I'm on my feet, working hard all day and night. But for what? Some money? Some idea that if I keep doing this, happiness will finally fall into my lap? <laughs> Hell no. No. That is not how it works. You know, in an another um, episode, I've already established uh, that following my ambitions is a huge factor in my own personal happiness. So how do we justify this week-by-week loop 
of get money, spend money, stress out because there's no money, and try to get that money again, right? It is a cycle that is specific to the lower class, prettily worded by most news institutions as the working class. <laughs> the working class. I can't believe that's a class of people. Like, who isn't working class? Like, people don't work? Jesus fucking Christ, what do you do? Ugh. Or am I just feeling this way because I've been conditioned to take pride in being a goddamn honeybee that keeps the queen bee fat and lazy as fuck? Am I brainwashed? Damn. You know, when I think of it, I never agreed to do more than 40 hours a week for under minimum wage as a way to scrape by while the people I'm working for stuff their pockets because of the profits that I'm generating. But I did decide to sell my life into like a business and accept whatever shitty price they decide I deserve. It's fucked up. That is a fucked up concept that people just do. It's wrong. What's crazy about this loop, you know, the nine to fivers, is that in my experience, I can't save money. My expenses are literally everything I make. Like, what I make is exactly what I need. And that's that's scary and anxiety-inducing about life. Can you save money? Like, literally you. I'm talking to you. Whoever's listening to this. If you can save money... Do you have any tips? Because I definitely need them. I feel like if I fall short one week or if I get a surprise bill, I'm fucked. If I'm expected to pay some sort of company money that I supposedly owe them out of the blue, then what? Am I supposed to sacrifice my health in order to keep out of some company's debt? Is it better to skip meals for a few days just so that a mega corporation gets their money? Nah, man. I guess that's like an irrational fear. Um... Like an ambiguous company coming out of nowhere and intruding on my life with a bill saying, You owe us. It's a fear of mine. That makes no sense. Yet I'm constantly scared of it. No, no, fuck that. It makes sense. You, f you fucking, like, doesn't Bell do it to people all the time? They're like, well, I don't know. I don't want to speak bad about Bell specifically because they do do some cool shit. But, you know, like, say, like, your cell phone bill. You get, like, a $200 overcharge. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, bro, that is fucking, $200 is so much. Yet if you were to give me $200, I'd just be like, uh, thanks. Like, it's not that much to get, but it's so much to give. I don't know. My, my problem is, uh, and I feel like most people I know feel this way, um, is that I let my financial instability affect my self-worth. But I think everyone does, though, at least like a bit. You know, beyond the idea of your bank account defines you but like i don't know going on a basic vacation like i literally can't afford that shit because not only does it cost me money to go somewhere and all that but i also miss out on the money that i would be making while i'm gone yeah it'll just hurt too much and when i think of it that way you know the whole thing is kind of like more expensive that way i never understood how people get paid vacations like what sort of motherfucking amazing job pays you two weeks out of the year to like not show up <laughs> what the fuck like, there's no way. My job doesn't even want to pay me while I'm there. <laughs> they don't want to pay me while I'm there, literally. They pay me below the fucking minimum wage. Like, And then they fucking, I'm there and I have to get there 15 minutes before my shift. You know, so I'm working that 15 minutes for free. And then you'll be like, hey, you're cut. And then you have a half hour to finish all your shit until you're not paid anymore. And then if I'm not done my shit within that half hour, I still have to do it because it's my job. But I'm not being paid to do it. So I'm not even getting paid while I'm there. And you motherfuckers with 401ks and shit 
You get paid two weeks not to be at your job. You lucky bitches. But look, this is just the bottom feeder attacking the bottom feeder here. I'm not focusing on the real problem. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> you, know what, you know what is really sad about that, though? It's just like, if I didn't stay that extra half hour or show up that 50 minutes uh, before work or whatever it is, you know, working for quote-unquote free, they would just fire me and find somebody else who would do it. And I think that's kind of what's so shitty about the whole thing is just like, you don't like it? Fine, leave, and we'll find someone else like that. So it's it's a it's such a weird industry I work in, you know. Like I've faced sexism in this industry, prejudice, and whatever other misconduct you can imagine, and I've tolerated it because I've been conditioned to believe that you need a job. I'm doing air quotes here, obviously, and if I don't have a job. If I don't have money coming in, I'm worthless, right? But let me tell you about the last time I faced sexism and just let it happen. And when I say sexism, I don't mean your classic drunk guy slaps the waitress's ass or, you know, manager tells the waitress to pop those titties out. You know, no. I'm talking about reverse sexism, if there is such a thing. Uh, all right, so story time, yay. So I eat vegan, all right? I eat what vegans eat, but uh, I don't really identify as a vegan. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I eat, like, plants, but I, I'm not, like, uh, throwing red paint on people with fur coats. I don't know. It's just, the whole thing started out as, like, an allergy thing with my kids, long story short. Anyways, and I, I have been really struggling uh, with working in a restaurant for, like, as long as I've been eating this way. It's hard for me to serve meat and then care that the customer likes it, right? Because it's kind of like, well, it's bad for you, uh, in my opinion. Okay, not everybody's opinion, but yeah. In fact, it helps me uh, sympathize with the customer when they complain about the food. <laughs> like, this calamari is too rubbery, sir. Uh, yeah, it is. It fucking lives in the ocean. What is it doing dismembered on your plate? If you don't like the way it feels in your mouth, that's normal. It's fucking shark food. They don't care about rubbery fucking bullshit, so why the hell are you eating it? Oh, man. Anyways, I think I made my point. Like, I'm not trying to guilt anybody for eating the way they do, but, you know, if you're going to complain about your food, well, think about the natural predators of it versus, like, you eating, like, farmed squid. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, so I, I, I was looking to get hired in a vegan resto, you know. So I hear about this one place. I go eat there. And, you know, at my age, a little recon is necessary. Uh, plus, you know, it's an excuse to eat out. And I do enjoy myself a nice supper. In fact, I went to a lovely little place tonight with my family. And uh, I ate a shitload. And it felt great. So getting back to uh, my point is that so I do a little recon at this place. We go eat, me and my wife. And guess what? An old co-worker is the manager. So this is perfect, right? In theory, I'm going to get hired at this place for sure. Anyways, so I send him a message on Facebook and he's acting a little bit recluse. You know, it's a little bit weird. I'm not going to lie. I'm getting weird vibes. Uh, not saying like he's not hiring, but he's not saying he isn't, you know. Anyway, so every few months, this is over like the period of a year or whatever. Every few months, I shoot this guy a message and I'm like, hey, are you guys hiring? Finally, finally, I kind of push him to the point. 
message-wise, where he breaks, and that he says he's not hiring and hasn't hired anyone in over two years. And he has a list of people waiting to work there. <laughs> what? That seems like a lie, you know, for sure. I mean, at least at the point where I'm, like, messaging him. But, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt, and I believe it. Because, you know, what other proof that I have that he's not telling the truth, other than my suspicions? So you know what we do? My wife and I decide to go out and eat that week. And uh, we choose this exact restaurant, and uh, guess who serves us at this place that wasn't hiring? A waitress. Who was training? I still can't believe it, like, when I think about it. So what does this story have to do with sexism, right? Because I prefaced it with that. Um, <laughs> well, the person they hired was beautiful, uh, and I'm not taking anything away from that. She's probably a model, right? I know that makes me sound sexist or whatever, because, you know, she's pretty, I don't know, whatever. But the point is, is that I know I wouldn't get hired, but she would, or she could. Now, there's no way that she has more experience or is better suited for the job than I am. And I might sound like an old white guy complaining at this point, but hear me out. She's 19, maybe early 20s. I've been serving since, you know, before she was a teenager in theory. So, But this person gets hired over me. Maybe she was first on the list. Who knows? The most I can hope for is nepotism at this point. And isn't that just sad? Like, when the best you can hope for is, like, I hope that's somebody's cousin. <laughs> like, anyways. So, it just means that the, you know, the industry's professional practices are shit. Ugh, whatever. I'm, I'm trying not to be depressed about this. I'm a little taken aback, but whatever. We finish our food, tip her well, because she was fine for a first-time server. Oh, God, it hurts. Anyway, so I, I shoot the guy a message on FB uh, again, and, um... I straight up ask him, like, why was she hired over me? Like, I mean, I'm a little bit abrasive at this point, but whatever. Fuck that. I want to know why this person got hired over me. And then uh, I was told, and I quote, I don't hire good waiters. I hire people I think fit the team. Which means what? So I ended up probing uh, further, and instead of, like, a a, a legit response... I get sent a link uh, to a music video, <laughs> and I can't even make this up. It's it's supposed to be like this. This I think this music video would help you understand. And I swear to God, it's just some like fucking house music, and it's just like this is my energy, and it's so bizarre. It's just like topless people running around a beach, and that's the song. And I am told by this fucking industry professional that this is why I wasn't hired. Now, what does that translate into my head? Because my insecurities are telling me that this guy thinks I'm an asshole and that's why I can't work at this particular restaurant. You know what's a lot easier to do is just to say, hey, we worked together before. Because we did. I didn't enjoy working with you and that's why I won't hire you. Maybe that would have been a more uh, legit response. So yeah, but I'm at this particular restaurant right while i'm eating there and i'm seeing this new waitress or whatever and i'm looking around and i'm like well who works here that is male right everyone in the kitchen is a dude actually and the floor staff is all females so hmm 
Maybe they just don't hire men. It's not that I'm not qualified. It's not that I have 10 years of experience. Y'all just don't hire dudes because you think pretty women sell your food better. And you know what? This isn't the only time it's happened. Anytime I've applied at a breakfast joint, they don't hire men. And they straight up tell you to your face. Healthy food places don't hire dudes. And it fucking blows. It's sexist. Or in this case, according to the manager, it's vibist because I don't feel their energy. Fuck you, dude. Whatever it is, at the end of the day, they hired a young girl instead of me. So I guess I am an asshole and I'm sexist. It's reverse sexism because the guy hired the girl over me. I don't know how that works. What's the math? What is the uh, gender math? If anybody can calculate it for me, please let me know. Good for her for making something out of herself and getting a fucking gig that probably pays very well. Uh, no hate on her. Hate on the uh, the fucking the, 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 the gesture, though. I hate on the gesture because whatever it is for her, good for her. But for the way to choose um, staff and the execution of said, uh, you know, procedure is fucking bullshit. And it hurts my feelings. And instead of crying, I'm bitching. And whatever, though, right? And, okay, all this story aside, what am I actually doing? Here I am fighting for a career that I don't even give a shit about, bro. Serving tables. I'm begging this fucking dude to hire me over a young girl. I'm begging this person to pay me less than minimum wage so I can scrape by. Dude, this is fucked. This is so fucked up. I think I'm also a bad hire because, you know, I grew up English. Like, literally, I don't know anything about Quebec, but I'll boldly state this because it's completely in line with my experiences. French people don't like English people. Now, not all French people don't like English people. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the French people that I've had experience with in this province do not like English people who are born and raised in Quebec. That is just the way it is. My whole life, it's been a goddamn struggle to speak French without being questioned what I'm saying or what part of the uh, United States I'm from. And then when I say that I'm from here, I am asked, well, I'm not really Quebecois, but I am. I'm, bitch, I'm Quebecois. <laughs> I don't know, man. Whatever, but that in turn has just fueled my anxieties about the language and it made me a bumbling idiot when I start being, you know, pressed about my French and my background with French, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. I studied French. I passed it. The government says I'm good enough to speak it, right? I even studied French longer than most people have out there because I went to fucking CGIP, which is college. And I, even though I had to take it for four semesters, I passed every fucking... I passed every class. So I'm very functional in French. Just because I have an English accent when I speak it doesn't mean that I'm from a different fucking country. Sometimes I've come up to people... And I've spoken French to them, and they say, sorry, I don't speak English because I have an accent. They don't hear what I'm saying, they just hear my accent. And I'm just like, but I'm speaking French to you right now. Not good enough for them. That's why I can't work on the South Shore of Montreal. Even my name. I have an English name. French people will hire me here because they see the English name, and then they ask, like, I'll be speaking French. Okay, let, here, let me paint the picture for you. So I walk into a, uh, let's say a restaurant, because obviously I don't fucking have any other idea what I'd be doing. I go into a restaurant, I'm speaking French, I have my CV in my hand, uh, everything sounds good, I hand them my CV, they see my name, my last name, they see Chris, and then they see Kavener, and they go, oh, vous êtes pas un francophone? Which means, oh, you're not a francophone? 
well, dude, sorry. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bilingual person. That should make me, you know, more interesting to hire. I speak two languages, not just one. And then they put it onto the side of the pile and say, okay, well, we'll call you if we need anything. Man, y'all prejudice. So, uh, yeah, challenge me on that. French people don't necessarily think English people who are born and raised in Quebec are legit people. They think we're just some kind of anomaly in the loop. You know, I was actually on set uh, recently, and I was explaining to this actress, because uh, she was confused that everybody on set was just speaking French, and she was like, I don't know what we're going to shoot next because everybody's just pinging back and forth in French. And they just look at me and they say, you got that? So... I told her, like, well, you know, legally they, they are within their rights not to speak to you in English because they're in Quebec and those are, like, the Quebec labor laws, technically. And uh, she was like, what? She couldn't believe it, right? I was like, yeah. And, and then she was like, well, I don't understand why in the middle of Canada there's just, like, this ultimately French-speaking place. And uh, when she asked somebody, apparently she asked, like, a true Quebec error, and uh, she was told that uh, it's because we're a very proud people, bro. It is not because you're a proud people. It's because you put in laws, not you specifically. I don't want to start some kind of like freaking language barrier war, but it's because there are laws that prohibit immigrants who come to Quebec and Montreal. It prohibits their children from attending English schools, even if it may be their language, because you are here to preserve the sanctity of the culture, which is uh, French culture. So these children come here and they can't go to an English school so they have to learn French in order to survive because it's illegal for your kid not to go to school unless you want to pay for private school right but obviously if you're coming here from a different country uh, you're not going to be as financially well off to afford a private school so you're going to go into the public system and she couldn't fucking believe that either she was like oh my god I'm like yeah yeah <laughs> y'all think Trump's bad <sighs> we had Pauline Marois you know what's funny about her is that uh she came into a restaurant I was working in once, and here's a little idea of what Pauline Marois is. She came in. I brought her to her table. She took a look at the seat. She said, I don't want to sit here, and she turned around and left the building, which is kind of what she did with politics, right? Oh, yeah, you make sense of that one because I'm tired and I'm trying to be quiet because my kids are asleep. God. Where were we? So work sucks, right? <laughs> like, look at me. I'm still fighting for a chance to sell my life. Sometimes I want to nosedive my career and crash that shitty thing until it blows into oblivion. And then I can just restart to build my life back up from scratch. But, uh, yeah, here's the problem. I'm not alone. So, like, I'm kind of the sole breadwinner of a family of four. You know, none of that is, like, an option. I can't just fuck my life up again. I got to keep this shit together. I got to keep... I'm the fucking captain of this shit, baby. I mean, like, no, my wife's actually the captain, but, you know, I'm a good worker bee. Oh, fuck. Anyways, don't get me wrong, okay? It's not like I have a family. I'm stuck. It's more like I'm unhappy in uh, most of my job experiences and I feel stuck because if I take the risk to change my situation, the people that I love the most, their quality of life will suffer. And that is something I, as a responsible and loving father and husband, can't bear to let happen. All right, so there you go. 
that's the root of what drives my work cycle. It seems insane, but it's but it is. <laughs> I work for free. I overlook prejudice. Is that a word? I <laughs> I overlook prejudice. No, what am I saying? I overlook prejudice. Yeah, I overlook prejudice and sexism. Okay, or at least what I feel to be prejudice and sexism. And then I def- I avoid uh, turning my hurt into a reaction that causes me to lose out on what little I make for all of this. Because if I lose out, that means my family loses out. And what's a little bit of hurt compared to failing the most important people in my life, right? You know, maybe this is why we agree to sell our life per hour to a company. The bottom line isn't paying other companies what we make from one company in order to keep our lifestyle. Maybe it's literally because this money we get, it offers some sort of security to our loved ones and we take pride in going out and getting that security oh providing right then again i'm speaking from a parent's perception or a parent's point of view not like i don't know what seems to be a uh, normal position these days right like i'm I'm a pretty special case because i have kids but i don't want to show my kids that it's okay to let the man run your life you know i want them to do shit that makes them happy because that's how you live a happy lifestyle but then on the other hand i don't want to be the type of father that puts forth an image of irresponsibility and how it's okay to be a bum it's a very frustrating position does anyone else have that same feeling being trapped in a sense like I can't really do this but I can't do that so I don't know is the lower working class a trap is it a bottom part of the engine of society that keeps it running while the high uh, investing class enjoys the ride how do I get from this bottom part of the engine into the goddamn driver's seat I feel like Oh, if I win the lottery, I'll be good. But you know what? I don't even fucking play the lottery. My lottery is acting. If I book a good gig and I, you know, make some good money, then that's my fucking lottery. I'm still fucking working for it, aren't I? That's fucking ridiculous. (sighs) So yeah, any tips that you guys have for not letting uh, being part of the workforce depress you, you know, please pass it along my way. It's a nagging part of existence for me, and I know I'm going with, like, my immediate thoughts or whatever. Thank you, cognitive behavioral therapy, by the way. But goddammit, it's hard. You know, pay for this life, and then you work to pay for this life, and then you only go back to work again. Yeah, it's fucking... Do I even make sense? I don't know. All I know is that this is my truth. Not the truth, but it's mine. It's not yours. It's mine. I have it. It's my truth. Fuck you. Yeah, no. See, that sounded crazy. Anyways, if you think I'm wrong, please drop me an MP3. Oh man, let's talk it out. God, I hope I'm wrong with this one. I've had I've received a few MP3s uh, recently, planning on going through them and uh, putting them into an episode soon. But I want to start with more than what I have. So please send an MP3. React. I want to have this podcast be interactive. All right, it's not fair that we're. <laughs> I don't feel like it's fair if I'm just yelling at you the whole time. Anyways, all I can really say is this. And it's in accordance to my belief that if you do things that make you happy, you'll live a better life. In order to be emotionally uh, good, or in order to emotionally survive the mundane day-to-day of working for a business, where you're just a drone generating profits for a person in a different social class than you, 
then work where your interests lie, right? For instance, the happiest job I ever had was working at, uh, like, happiest bum job. I don't know. It's not a bum job. Fuck it. The happiest job I ever had was working at a skate park skate shop. Uh, of course, I found reasons to complain about it and whatever, but I wasn't as emotionally mature as I am now. But it was a second job that I didn't necessarily uh, need. At <laughs> I didn't really need that job anyway, and that's why I'm not there anymore. Plus, I'm sure the owners and kids at the park are happier with a 16-year-old employee who will work for less than I wanted to get paid. And, ugh, I mean, it still makes me a bit sick when I think about it, to be honest. But it did make me happy. I love skateboarding. I loved working in the shop and teaching kids how to skateboard. It was fucking amazing. I loved my bosses. They were the fucking best. And I quit because I needed to, or I quit because I felt like I needed to focus on one job to make all the money. And you know what? That job fell through in the end. And what do I have now? I tried to get rehired at the skate park and they were all evasive and stuff. And they should have been with reason because I fucking left, right? It's not fair. I don't blame them. They probably think I'd quit again because I'm a 30-year-old. People don't expect a 30-year-old to work at a skate park. And then they're genuinely surprised when they're teaching your kid. Anyways, everything's definitely justified in passing on me having worked there again. All right? It just sucks that I gave up on it too early. Uh, because I didn't want... Yeah, whatever. Uh, whatever. Anyways, that tangent's over. You like coffee? If you like coffee, I don't know how to enter this thought. But it's going to sound like a commercial. If you like coffee, then find a way to work in the coffee industry. Right? You like social media? You like Facebook and Instagram? Well, look for, uh, go work for a company that's looking for a social media manager or something. You like shoes? Boom. Shoe store. I actually got fired from a shoe store when I had an anxiety attack, and I was ordered from the doctor to take a week off work. Fuck you, assholes. Well, I don't think I should say that. Maybe I'll cut that part out. Anyways, I seem to be having a bad day. Uh, or all I seem to have today is bad news, and I'm sorry for that. So, you know, go ahead and change my mood, universe. I Here I am with an open heart. Pour, pour some positivity into my life. Right, I'm going to wrap it up here. Okay, so my ultimate tip, and I feel like I'm repeating myself here, but it's just, you know, if you don't have another choice, work where your interests lie, and maybe... Just maybe you'll facilitate your happiness, right? So just do that. Because I've discovered that my happiness lies in the uh, entertainment industry world. And I guess that's going to take some time before I can successfully do that. Even part-time, let alone full-time. If it ever even happens. Oh god, the existential feeling's back. Ugh. Thank god I actually have a legit therapy session tomorrow. Hey, this might have ran on a little bit longer than I thought. And I think it's because I was just trying to be quiet. So the pace was a little bit slower. Thank you for listening. This has been Cheaper Than Therapy. And I'm Chris Kavner. Oh, and by the way, if you uh, like this episode, you know, check out the other ones. Uh, check out my Instagram page at Cheaper Than Therapy without any of the vowels, except for the Y. And uh, I'm also on Facebook. Uh, so, you know, hit me up on there. If you guys want to submit an MP3 uh, reacting to the show or, you know, doing that, uh, you know, solution circle that I really want to do on this podcast, please send it to my Facebook messenger, uh, Cheaper Than Therapy with Chris Kavaner, or you can email it to chris at chriscavaner.com because I paid for a website with the hard money I sold my life for. Oh, God. So, yeah. So, do that, please. And um, I really appreciate you guys listening. 
five. So I hope I hope this did something for you. All right, have a good night or day or morning. See ya. <laughs>